What is up, everybody? Back from their episode. Today, I'm talking t- a ton about, like, kind of like the training camp and the media day, basically just the media day so far. Um, it's been, like, two days since media day actually happened. My plan was to put this podcast out yesterday, but I do have a cold, and my cold is almost gone. It should be probably fully gone tomorrow, but my voice is a little different than usual, and I decided last, you know, yesterday a few minutes into recording that I just my voice wasn't good enough for the podcast so hopefully you don't notice too much difference today um, but we're gonna hop right in um, I did most players here like the summary of most players interviews um, there's a few players that I don't have interviews on like Patrick Beverly I don't even think he took one to be honest um, and yeah just big talking points from each one so yeah let's hop right in all right so let's talk let's start off with the ownership group Glenn Taylor and Sachin Gupta. So Glenn started all off by saying he will not comment on the Rosas firing or like the Ben Simmons trade situation. Um, he didn't really specifically say Ben Simmons trade situation, but that's what I'm assuming he meant because he was talking about uh, you know potential trading of players, and obviously that's the you know the big trade we're you know looking to do still. Um, Taylor said he could have sold the team for more money, but it's the people buying it that mattered to him. And that means a lot to me, honestly. Um, he could have made a few hundred million dollars more, I bet, but he sold it to people he thought was best for the job. And that's really cool. That's, I mean, it makes sense for him, too. It's not like he needs the money big time. Um, he knew it was time for him to move on. He's 80 years old now, so he knew it was time to give up, give up the ownership and put it in somebody else's hands. Taylor said he's positive. The team is set for the future with Sachin Gupta, and he also gave a strong vote of confidence for Gupta, and that's pretty cool. Um, at the end of the season, I'm sure we'll still see, um, like we're gonna we reevaluate who's the best for this general manager or president of basketball operations position. It might be Gupta, it might not be him, but Glenn Taylor having some nice confidence in him is nice. I mean, you can kind of. You know, say what you want about Glenn's judgment on things. He's made some terrible calls in the past on hiring people, so a lot of people won't really, won't really take too much of uh, weight into that. But I'm hoping it means something. You know, Alex Rodriguez said there is no plans to move the team from Minnesota. They want to stay here. Also, Mark Lore mentioned the possibility of building a new stadium in Minnesota. I think the team first has to earn the new stadium. Like the team right now, definitely does not earn a new stadium that costs an extreme amount of money i don't really know how much the new stadium would cost but it's probably around a billion dollars like that's pretty insane um i think we have to make the playoffs at least once it probably like twice in a row at least if we want a new stadium i think a new stadium would bring our stuff a bunch of stuff in i think with the new stadium you add a bunch of seats to the arena too so hopefully you can make more money off of that also once gupta um started to speak he talked about being this like his dream. He's been working this forever. He's been in the NBA for a while now as like a high, um, you know, enrollment person, working for numerous teams, including the Rockets. Um, and he's been with the Wolves for a few years now, and he talked a lot about Chris Finch and how he's the perfect partner to work with. That is awesome, in my opinion. There were a select few people that were questioning if Chris Finch's job could have been lost with Rosas being gone and maybe Gupta wanted somebody else or the ownership group wanted somebody else but that's set in stone Finch is not leaving um he'll be here hopefully for the long long run I personally think Chris Finch is a long-term head coach with this team 
I think he makes a lot of sense for the long term. I think he's the coach of the future. I think he's going to grow and develop with us. I think he's just the perfect coach for our guys right now. Um, I think the one thing that he could develop, though, is more of a defensive sense. But, I mean, if you have really good defensive coaches around you, defensive assistants, you might not need that as much. Um, and then Gupta said there are two players in the process of getting fully vaccinated. We don't know who those players are. I'm assuming one is DeAndre Russell. He seemed to be not really present present in the videos of all the players getting vaccinated. I think he's one of them. Um, the rest of the players are all vaccinated, though. But everybody on the team will be vaccinated, thankfully. Um, and that's not because I'm, like, crazy on everybody getting vaccinated. Like, yeah, it would be cool if everybody got vaccinated. But, you know, there's some teams and some states that are making sure players cannot play in their home games if they're not vaccinated. Like, Kyrie Irving of the Nets won't be able to participate in home games if he continues to refuse to get the vaccine. And old Minnesota Timberwolves player Andrew Wiggins is highly protesting getting the vaccine, and he's going to risk a ton of money, and he's going to probably miss half the season if he doesn't get the vaccine because in Golden State, that's also a requirement. So we'll see what happens there. But let's move on to these player interviews. All right, so we're starting with Malik Beasley. A few of these players I only have a few notes for, and then a player like Carl Anthony Towns I have a ton of notes for. But let's start with Malik Beasley. Malik said he's not worried about starting or coming off the bench. He just wants to win. He also did say this at the end of last season, and this is perfect in my opinion. I don't really know where we'll see him play. I don't really know what the starting five is going to look like. All I know about the starting five is that DeAndre Russell, Jane McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns are locks, in my opinion. I don't think you can move any of those guys out of the starting lineup at all. Um, I don't even think you can put Patrick Beverly over Jaden McDaniels right now. That just wouldn't make sense. Um, but there's a there's one spot open, and it's either going to be filled by Jared Vanderbilt or Malik Beasley, in my opinion. So we'll see who gets that spot. Beasley said him and Finch have a great relationship on and off the court. That's pretty cool. I think everybody's just really fond of Chris Finch. Like, if you listen to this whole podcast, there's so many players who just, like, compliment Chris Finch and say he's the, good, the perfect coach, you know? Like, that's awesome. And during the offseason, Malik worked a lot on his passing and ball handling. I like that. Um, I kind of wish the top thing he worked on was defense, but I'm sure he still worked on it a lot because I think that's the biggest part of this game he should work on. But yeah, that's cool that he worked on his passing and ball handling. I think passing is a big part of his game. He can upgrade his you know passing numbers over the years aren't very high, um, and he could move into a little more of a passing role maybe this year. Who knows? Um, and then the ball handling, he's more of an off-ball shooter, but there are times where he drives the basket, and good ball handling skills would make a lot of sense there. But let's move on to the next player. All right, let's talk about Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman said he's bringing a different type of energy to the season. And he stays in a focus a lot on the defensive end to get playing time. This makes a lot of sense. Um, Jake Lehman is a guy, when you look at the whole roster, it's like, how are we going to find, you know, minutes for him? You know, if you look at a rotation, I don't know if he makes a 10. He does not make a 10-man rotation, in my opinion. I don't think he makes an 11-man rotation. Maybe he makes a 12-man rotation. Like, he's not going to get much time. But if he can show him, like, as a clear positive on the defensive end... I could definitely see him getting some decent minutes every game on the, like that bench power forward spot. Um, I think he can do good stuff on the offensive side. He's a really good slasher. Extremely underrated athleticism, by the way. I think his shooting can be good at times, but it's streaky. Um, 
But if he can really, you know, show up on the defensive end, he could definitely get some playing time. Next up is Torian Prince. Prince said he's dealing with an ankle ankle issues for a long time, and he finally decided this offseason to get surgery, and he says he's feeling better than ever right now. Um, this won't affect his season at all, by the way, if anybody's wondering. He's, you know, participating in training camp. By the way, training camp day two was today, and it's going, it looks like it's going pretty well, actually. Um, and he feels better than ever. He said when he does walks in the morning, he doesn't have pain in his foot anymore. Um, that's the only note I have on him, but that's cool that he finally, you know, decided to get surgery on his foot. Um, so hopefully he can really use that to his advantage this season. Now let's talk about Jaden McDaniels. One, just about everybody's favorite second-year player other than Anthony Edwards in the league. I mean, from Timberwolves fans' uh, perspectives, I guess. But Jaden said he grew to 6'10 in the offseason, and that looks to be kind of true. He looks definitely taller. He's just about the same height as Carl Anthony Towns right now. It's pretty crazy. There's a little bit of debate going on between Wolves fans who's taller. Personally, personally, I'm on Carl Anthony Towns' side for, like, he's just barely taller in my opinion. If you watch the video of them joking around, I think there's like a five-second frame where Carl Anthony Towns is actually standing up. He looks a little bit taller there, but there's other perspectives where he might not look as tall. And then Cat slouches a lot, and that kind of, kind of what, is what brings him down. Um, but yeah, Jay McDaniels, he looks taller now. He says he's been watching film of Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, and Jonathan Isaac to add to his game. That's, that makes sense. All those dudes are about his same height. Um, Brandon Ingram looks just like him, kind of like a slim reaper type dude who doesn't have too much muscle, but is really tall. Pascal Siakam, more of a muscular version, but has kind of a similar play style. And Jonathan Isaac one of the best young defensive players in the league who just missed the whole, you know, last season because of a torn ACL. Um, he's also been watching him. That's really cool because, obviously, Jaden McDaniels is a defensive player. But, yeah. By the way, Jaden McDaniels, they put out a video yesterday at training camp. He got dunked on by Jared Vanderbilt. And I just... He gets dunked on all the time in these training camps and summer league videos and team practices. Like, when I went to the Summer Jam event... In person, he got dunked on twice. It's like he's just all, he's around all the dunks. He's doing everything on defense. You know, a guy who hustles back like that, it's hard to blame for getting dunked on sometimes, you know. Now let's talk about Carlton Towns. Got a lot of notes for him. A report came out earlier in the morning that Carlton Towns would let, like, the an extension is on his radar. I don't know how many years you can have on a deal. It might be six, it might be five. But he already has three left, so I don't know how many years he can extend onto his deal. Probably like two more years, maybe three. Um, but it's on his radar. That's cool. Um, he lost 50 pounds since COVID hit. I don't know the full legitimacy of it. I think it's more like 30 pounds since COVID hit because he weighed 268 last year, and now he's down to 240. So I think somebody rounded up big time on that number. But nonetheless, he's in phenomenal shape. Like... A seven footer who's two forty with the muscle he has, and the physique is pretty crazy. Um, he looks really good coming into the season. This is the best shape he's been in his whole life. Um, when Gerson Rosas was here, he said he thought that this is the best shape Cat was ever in. And also, you know, Cat just said in his interview yesterday or two days ago that this is the best he's ever felt. Some people don't know this yet. If you don't have Instagram, Carl Anthony Towns got a tattoo on his arm. It's pretty 
decently big. It covers up maybe like eight inches on his arm. It's like a lion. It means, um, I'm sure um, big, big something might mean something about his mom. I don't really know. But there's like a reflection part of it too where the lion's looking in the water and it sees itself. But that, it looks pretty cool in my opinion. Um, so you guys will see it on the court. I'm wondering how many more he gets. DeAndre Russell's making a joke that he's going to be all tatted up by next year. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he will. But I think he might get a few more. Cat talked a lot about things that were going on around him. He was kind of ranting on, you know, just he's seen everything. He's seen all these bad things going on in the organization. Um, <clears throat> he said he's seen everything. He's seen his own coach die. He's seen tons of front office stability. And he's making comments about his character and saying that he'll never change. And he has all the right to say those things. Like, he's just, he's gone through so much of this organization. He's gone through tons of head coaches, tons of front office members. It's just been like this nonstop cycle, and he was just kind of talking about that. Um, he just, he had to let it out, I guess, but he's all cool right now. Um, I'm sure he's fine right now. He sees some stability coming in soon in the future. I think the players will stay consistent around him now, and hopefully the front office can stay consistent. But I think the Rosas firing was the last, um, you know, I don't want to say breaking point, but the last big straw to end, hopefully end, this long history of, you know, coaching changes and GM fires, I guess you could say, or just GM, you know, dysfunction. I mean, not that Rosas made bad moves, but he obviously deserved to get fired. And then Kat, after that, shouted out to Sachin Gupta and everything he's accomplished. Um, and then Kat started talking about how he's gotten stronger. And when he watches his buddies from other teams in the playoffs, he thinks about what he could do to do better to get there. And that's really cool. He His whole mindset is to make the playoffs with the Timberwolves right now. And he's just, like, emphasizing his head constantly that he needs to, you know, do that with us and... He's trying to figure out how he's going to do that. Um, Finch said Cat's core strength is noticeably different. And it definitely looks like it is. Um, in the video, I mean the picture I post on Instagram a little bit of him flexing, he definitely seems to have some sort of abs for me. And that's pretty crazy for a 7-footer like him. Or 6'10", if you want to call him 6'10", 6'11". I don't know his exact, exact height. But... Yeah, he definitely is a lot stronger in the core. Um, and this is like the first offseason, he said, where his strength is noticeably different, and that's really dope. Um, I'm I'm calling it right now. This is going to be Cat's career defensive season. It's going to be better than last year. He's going to be a positive defender. He knows what he's doing now. Like, he was a mediocre defender last year, in my opinion, he definitely he moved he moved from a bad defender to a mediocre defender last year. <clears throat> I think he makes the jump from mediocre to good. And by good I don't mean like he's a made like all NBA defensive team, but man, my voice is starting to sound really weird right now. I gotta stop this soon to get a drink of water. But that's it for Cat. Next up we're gonna do DeAndre Russell. Alright, let's talk about DeAndre Russell. Delo said he was on the golf course when he got the Rosas news. And he said he just wanted to focus on the next shot. He didn't really want to focus on the news. It was obviously he didn't like the news at first, but he started to understand after he heard the reasoning. Um, 
the biggest thing I took from his interview was that he attacked the offseason like it was a contract year, meaning he has to come to the season and prove he's worth a lot of money. And that's really, really, really sm a smart and dope in my opinion because obviously it's not a contract year for D'Lo. He's got two more years left on contract, so it's not like this is his big year where he needs to prove he's worth you know so-and-so money so he can get that money in the next offseason. But by doing this, it definitely pushed him to work harder and it made him a much better player. Um, he definitely looks more built also. By the way, in his pictures, he has a long beard. His beard makes him look so much older. He looks like he's over over 30 right now, even though he's only 25. Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, he looks a lot older with that. Um, I wonder if he shaves it for the season. I kind of feel like he's going to keep it. Maybe some new look for the season. And his hair is a little shorter, but that will grow in too. But for D'Angelo Russell, I think it's really cool that he tacked the offseason like that. I'm really happy he said that. It's just every single player is so committed to winning on the team. It's something I've never seen before for Minnesota Timberwolves players, and that's kind of sad to say. But, I mean, I don't think many teams in the NBA had players work as hard as our players did this offseason, if there were any. Like, the, just the work was pretty crazy. But obviously, I don't really know how hard the other players were working. Next up, we're going to do, do Anthony Edwards. All right, so we got Anthony Edwards, and then two more players to talk about. Um, obviously, it's not every player on the team, but it's most of them. And it's most of the really good ones, too. But Anthony Edwards said he hopes to get two to three steals per game this year, which is, like, obviously he's probably not going to get two to three steals a game. Like, the NBA leader last year, I think, was, like, just over two steals per game. Like, let me look it up right now. I can't really remember who the steals leader was last year. Um, Man, I can't find it. But if he got, like, three steals a game, that'd be, like, one of the best you know, steals per game stats of all time. Like, that'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, last year, Jimmy Butler led the league with 2.1 steals per game. The last time there was a player who had three steals per game was back in 1991 with John Stockton. Like, I love the confidence, but he's probably not going to get three a game. Um... I think every single year, though, there's somebody who gets over two. Yeah, when you look at the records here, it's a little, it's over two. <clears throat> but it he, but but the the takeaway I have from that comment is that he's emphasizing the defensive end a lot, and I like that a lot. I think Patrick Beverly is going to bring out something in him too on the defensive end, and just a defensive player overall. We need him to step up. He was showing more flash at the end of the season, in my opinion. If he can become a good defender, the league is done for. You're not going to be able to play against Anthony Edwards at a high level if he becomes a good defender. Like, it's going to be unreal. And said he's been shooting the ball out like crazy. He's been working out like crazy this offseason. That's dope. Um, he recently just turned 20 years old. He grew to 6'6", apparently, according to Chris Finch, this offseason. He definitely looks taller. I post a picture on Instagram that's actually doing really good. It got 12,000 likes. Um, he is so close to Cat and Height. Cat is, is slouching. So I, I basically what I did is I compared a picture from a game in March of the NBA when Cat and Ant were staying next to each other and a game yesterday. In both picks, Cat is kind of slouching, has his head down, so it, he looks shorter um, than usual, yeah, even though he's still a few inches taller than Anthony Edwards in both pictures. 
but he's basically in the same position. He's probably the same height in both pictures. And Anthony Edwards' chin in the picture from yesterday is just about lined up with Karate Towns' chin. It's maybe like an inch lower. And the picture in March is probably like four inches lower. Um, like, it's pretty crazy. I think he probably grew a little over an inch. I think the angle of the picture could have something to do with it too. But, yeah. This looks like a little over an inch of a growth, in my, in my opinion. Plus his hair is a lot shorter. So that kind of makes it easier to grade his height. Um, because Anthony Edwards' hair, you know, last year was pretty tall. Um, so it's kind of hard to, you know, see where his, your, his hairline was sometimes. But we're moving on to these last two players. Alright, we're moving on to a fan favorite, Nas Reed. Nas Reed talked a lot about how everything matters and you, you can't make, take shortcuts. He said that he sometimes did coming out of college and in his first year in the NBA. And he started to realize that just everything he does matters. And he really took that approach in the offseason. He also just went insane with workouts this offseason. Um, Karate Towns made a joke one time saying he's coming for his job, which obviously I don't think Nas Reed will ever become as good as Karate Towns, but he's working like he's going to be become as good as Karate Towns. Like, he maybe even had the best work ethic last offseason, or this offseason, I mean. Like, I'm so interested to see what he looks like coming the season. I don't think his stats will jump up extremely because he's playing behind one of the best players in the league, a top 16 player in my opinion, the third best player in the league in my opinion, Karanthony Towns. Like, you're not going to play 25 minutes per game. He's probably going to play at best 20 a game. I think he gets about 13 a game, which is really, really good for 20 minutes per game. Like, his per has to be around 20 range, and that's pretty dang good for a bench center. Like... I don't know how many bench centers are getting a per 20, um, or per 36, 20, I should say. Um, but yeah, Nasri, not too much that I took away from his interview, but everything matters. He's coming to the season looking really good. And the last player is Jared Vanderbilt. Wow, finally I made it through this thing. Um, my voice definitely changed a little bit from now and the start of the podcast. So hopefully that's not too much of a change there, but... Jared Vanderbilt, I only got one note down for him too. Vander worked on his shooting a lot and his form looks better. Um, that's cool. I don't think he's going to really shoot much. I think he took a total of four three-pointers last year and he, sh and he made one of them. Like, maybe he occasionally takes a three if he's wide open, but he's probably not going to make most of those. I my, my prediction is he shoots like 23s next year and he makes 30% of them. And that's progression. That's progression. That's five times as amount of shots from threes he took last year. If he can take 23s this year, which is like a quarter of a three a game, that's improvement. Like every four games he's taking a three and 30% of the time he's hitting it, that's improvement. As long as he can improve from that spot. And the big part, like the big shooting part that actually he really needs to improve on is free throws. Like he shot like 60% from free throws last year. Him and Jaden McDaniels both need to really improve on their free throws. I think Jaden was about the same. But the thing was, Jaden McDaniels barely took any free throws last year. Like, not even one free throw a game. I don't think maybe just over one a game. So it wasn't really a big problem that people saw. But, yeah. That's it with the podcast. Um, this one might be longer. 
this might be one of my longer podcasts. I'm not sure. I'm going to see what it is after. Usually my podcasts are around 25, 20 minutes long. Um, maybe a little under 20 minutes. We'll see how long this one is. But, hey, preseason is coming. The first game is on the 4th. Um, that is right around the corner. Like, we have one, two, three, four, five days until that game. And we have 21 days until the actual regular season starts. Like, this is coming along. Training camp isn't that long, unless you really consider training camp, like, the days in, in between, you know, preseason games also. But we play the Pelicans at home that game, and then we have two, I think, actually, no, we have three road games for preseason after that. Um, I might try to get takes to that preseason game low-key. Um, not 100% sure how much they cost. I haven't looked them up yet. I tried looking them up, but I couldn't really find information on it. But if they're pretty cheap, then I'm actually go. By the way, I also got free tickets to the Timberwolves home opener because um, I went to the Alex Rodriguez versus... I mean, not Alex Rodriguez versus, but Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lore Summer Jam event. And I got two free tickets because of that. So that's pretty cool. Um, so that's going to be pretty dope. We post a lot of content there. Everybody gets a rally towel that goes to that home opener game. I hope everybody's wagging those things around. Those things look so cool, especially in like a playoff environment. That's for the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys next time. Peace.